everything you are about to hear on this podcast is completely improvised. The film title and director's names are kept secret from our guests and our team until the moment that we hit record. They are about to work together to create a film that will undoubtedly be a box office smash hit. Welcome to this week's episode of the Improvised Movie Director Podcast. David Lynch said, Life is very, very confusing. And so films should be allowed to be too. Sometimes I rather think that's taken to the extreme. I'm talking to you, Christopher Nolan. I still don't know what Interstellar's about, and I'm simply not willing to try. Today's director, however, speaks with a crystal clarity and brings meaning and purpose to all of their work. I'm Martina Minnow, and I'm joined today by Damon Ripley, director of Finding Screamo. Thank you so much for joining us today, Damon. Finding Screamo. I've never thought I'd see anything like it. Total pleasure, total pleasure. Listen, yeah, that film was about 16 years in the making. Four years of screenplay, four years of funding, four years of rehearsals. Uh, We actually shot it all in, in about seven days, but then it was another four years of convincing the lawyers to let it come out. Well, I'm so glad that you did, because... Finding Screamo has pushed the boundaries of the genre in a way I've never seen before. It's really quite remarkable. Now, Mr Ripley, or or might I call you Damon? Damon's good. Or or D-Money, as they like to call me round the way. Oh, D-Money. I like it. I like it when I feel we've got a little bond. Uh, Well, well, D-Money. I loved Finding Screamo. I watched it the moment it was released, but some of our listeners may not have seen it yet. What is it all about? Finding Screamo. Well, I tell you what, it's it's mainly about sort of looking deep within yourself on the face of it. That's the abstract general concept. That's what I sold the old um the funders with the monies. I told them, yeah, it's about finding looking deep. To be honest, it's really about taking acid and that journey that you take when you sort of look inside, you look at that screen painting when you're sort of wandering half naked through Amsterdam with like a handful of pancakes, and then you're sort of sitting there and you and you come across that uh, that screen painting and you think that's me. That is me. And when you, you stare into the abyss and the abyss stares back at you, you think, this is it. This is all there is. And that moment of futility, that's what the film's about. Oh, oh, I feel that, you know. And I have stared into the abyss and the abyss has stared back at me. And I think to myself, what is life? What is it all about? And no amount of pancakes can get rid of that void. Absolutely, absolutely. And and obviously there's there is uh, th- there are fish in the movie, but they sort of play a more esoteric role because obviously the fish goes back to Jesus and and the early ideas of Christianity and also just the smell. Mm. And so what I did is I found a way to take that that symbol, that that pride and to just infuse it with the reality of the smell like when you pass a, a fishmonger's and actually even though the fish is good for you, full of omega-3, it actually stinks quite bad. And it's that paradox that I tried to capture in the movie. I, I, I really understand that. I see that. And sometimes the things that are good for us don't always feel good at the time. <laughs> Spot on. You're such a sharp one, you are. Oh, David, I am. I am rather sharp. 
I've been called a cutting bitch, and I took that as a compliment. I, I mean, it's written all over the trailers, but I never believed a word of it. Never believed a word. I'm sure you and I are going to get to know each other rather well, um, and I'm rather excited about it, D-Money, I won't lie. However, it would be remiss of me not to play the opening sequence from Finding Screamo, where we see one little clownfish look right into the void of his own existentialism. A memento mori in the Pacific Ocean. It spoke to me on many levels. Here's that opening sequence now from Finding Screamo by Damon Ripley. Brace yourself. Whoa. Whoa. What am I? Am I clown? Am I fish? Am I person thinking they're clownfish? Oh, my, oh, Nemo, so, whoa. My head, my gills, my hands, no frills. I think, I, I feel, but do I feel? No, no real, so unreal, so weird, so strong, yet, not so long. Hey, buddy. Hey, do you want some pancakes? Oh, yes, please. I love pancakes. Oh, the ones with the cellar, please. Whoa. There. Doesn't everything feel better now? I ask myself similar questions. Am I woman? Am I journalist? Am I cutting-edge podcaster? Can one be all three? Big questions, Damon. I mean, you've just done it there. What I wanted it to do is to inspire a sort of slam poetry response from anyone that had heard it. So as you can hear, the style adopted there was something that actually I worked on uh, with Spielberg at a time. We used to get drunk, you know, do a few shots, go down to Guadalajara and, and start randomly turning up at these bars doing slam poetry from off the side, you know, while shotting things off these little uh, quesadilla sellers. But um, it's important that you allow your mind to open, that you allow the words to come out, but do not force the words, do not force the sentiment. Allow that to flow from you. The am I... Who am I? What am I? Is the most important question we have to answer before we pop our clogs. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love that you've done that with Stephen. I used to slam with Spielberg, but we had a mighty fine falling out and, well, never really forgiven him. But he is a good slammer. I won't lie. He, yes, he's still got the tattoo as well. It's fantastic. Mm, mm. He's, he's actually captured your likeness quite well on his right buttock. Well, I take fame in whatever form it comes in, you know. One can't question where the adoration of others might manifest itself. So these big existential questions, Mr Ripley, we see our protagonist off traversing the ocean in the pursuit of a single truth. And actually, he meets quite a few mental characters along the way who give him different types of advice and wisdom. And I wondered, Mr Ripley, who have been the mentors in your life? It's a very good question. Very good question. So um, I, I guess just to go back to that, I want to put paid to the idea that there's one singular mentor that, that often comes in, you know, this sort of hero's journey myth, which is mm. actually a myth fallacy. 
to give its correct term because actually we all infused by the story is actually full of mostly mentors and one confused sort of child in the middle kind of being pulled left and right center by fate destiny all of these things so actually the mentors that i i say i'd, I'd pay most attention to is actually um a, a really lovely guy his name is um, Severino. It's obviously not well known, but he's actually quite a deep philosopher. And I read a lot of his writings. I'd say he was the first person that put me onto any sort of truth, as it were. Kind of gave me a different view, not just on the world, not just on um, politics and warfare, but also about the warfare that exists within you. Mm. It's in Italian. It took me about sort of three or four years to kind of break it all down. Now we've got Google Translate. Back then I used to just have um, this guy called Paolo who used to sort of just do some cod translations for me in return for uh, some uh, favors and um that was where i found my first truth and so the, the the second person who really debunked that first truth and showed me that there's always a truth behind the truth was of course albert einstein's grandniece now she had a lot of theories herself they weren't really on relativity they kind of went they were sort of theories of masculinity femininity and i guess the unifying inity that comes between those two and she sort of took me out of my male self, my male body, and, and took me away from genitals and sex as we know it, and just taught me to understand that the intimacy is made up of cells and divisions of cells coming together with a kind of a liquid transformation. Yeah. So I'd say she was probably my second best uh, mentor and also just helped me understand what it is to, to feel someone inside you. Not something I've had for some time. Um, I did see these people coming through, actually. We had the uh, Italian blowfish, one of my favourite characters. Yes. And we also had a very wise seahorse. And actually, now you've explained some of those inspirations, I do see the way they're directing our protagonists on their quest for, for truth and, and understanding. And actually, they injected a little bit of humour into what was quite a deep piece. Um, but I do find that humour sometimes lifts us and helps us to see that deeper truth in a very funny, funny way. Absolutely. There's nothing more comical than than existence itself, mm. than, than actually understanding that you're a human being uh, or a spiritual being having this human experience. And when you kind of look at what that is and what that means and you still put on pants you still try and save like 6p on milk by going down the road rather than supporting your local off license you travel about two miles to save six pence that kind of ridiculous thinking is what i tried to highlight and what i tried to get the seahorse to really bring to bear on and the blowfish really on the whole situation absolutely i've not worn pants since i saw this film inspired by you oh i mean i'd, I'd say thank you but it's you that made you should thank yourself for that that true discovery I'm contributing to society in a way I never knew I could. Here's a scene between our protagonist and uh, his wise, wise mentors, the Italian blowfish and the very wise seahorse. And uh, they're giving him a little bit of a steer on the very long journey ahead. Ciao, Adimo. What's, uh, what's made you so sad? Uh, you look less like a clownfish and more like a mimefish these days. Yeah, Nemo, what's wrong? Come on in, I'm just finishing a lecture on general relativity. Oh, oh, Bloey, oh, 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 see, oh, it's so great to see you both. Those are our names. I just, I just, I feel like I'm really opening myself up to the world. And sometimes when the world's shouting so loud, 
just makes you want to be quiet, you know. It just makes you want to be quiet and listen with both your ears or animal equivalent of ears. Of course, I know this very well. This is something that I experience every day. Uh, me too, sure. Uh, but what I like to do about it is uh, I like to think about the way that we're all just atoms, you know? We're all just made up of atoms, made up of atoms, made up of atoms. Tiny, tiny covalent structures that make up mountains and diamonds and, and you and me. We're made of the same stuff as stars are. And, you know, if we could just get you out of that gendered fish body, you know, if we could get you to be a little more fluid about your gender, as many clownfish are, as I'm sure you know, they have the ability to change their biological sex according to the environmental needs of their colony, and, and sometimes I think that there's a lesson we can learn from that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, the lesson is that you don't need to, to rely on your family. Yeah, that's the lesson, yeah. See, you've already demonstrated that. I mean, you're a male, and yet you, you're you giving birth to your little seahorses. I mean, you've already shown me that I don't need to fit into brackets or ideals. And hang on, sorry, this, sorry I've just got the last of this pancake, and it's still really good, even though it's not as warm as it was. Oh, oh, sure, no, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I just thought we were going to go to Amsterdam together. The, the Amsterdam, which is, of course, a, a large aquatic dam outside the Netherlands. I thought I thought that was what we were going to do. That's really awkward, actually. Oh, but... Yes, sir, you promised to me we would go together as well. Oh, I... What the fuck? Uh, Nemo, this is very hurtful. Uh... Oh, sorry, I just... It's... Ah, is there no end to betrayal from people I care for and care about? Uh... The Amsters only gave me one ticket. I'm sorry. I just... The Amsters are very very close community and they only have one space in their wheel for me sorry <laughs> maybe it's time for you to go come on brian come on albert come on all the rest of my tiny sea sons and daughters let's go and also that duck we adopted let's go and just like that nemo is alone with naught but a pancake for company. Heartbreaking. <sighs> Sorry. No, take a moment, D-Mummy, please do. That, that, that scene. It, it, we did it in one go. It, it took us about a week to film. And I honestly don't think I will ever do anything better than that again. I don't want to cap your potential, but I don't think you will either. It was beautiful. It really was. If you don't win an Oscar for that, well, this is just rigged. Not the birth of any of my children. Not seeing my granddaughter born. Not watching my wife learn to walk again. Nothing, nothing will be as beautiful as that. And... I just sorry I'm sorry I didn't I didn't think we were I was gonna get like this I promised I wouldn't but sorry Martina you. no no I, I am here for you you know I am the kind of podcaster who enables people to be their full and true authentic selves <sighs> And I'm delighted that you feel that you can share this with me here. You know, other rival podcasters 
like I don't know, for example, maybe Rowena Rowe. She's such an she's a hole. Yes, yes, she is, and she wouldn't let you cry. She would mock you. She would be despairing. But no, I, I am here for you. Thank you. So you cry, D money, and I'll be here to wipe your tears. <sighs> Thank you. So it's good to get those out. I did that several times on set, and um. I think I almost scared the crew away, but yeah, this is a safe place. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. This Absolutely. is a safe place. Um, right, yes. Um, right, sorry, Marcy, that that sort of threw me. Um, Don't worry. But yeah, the film, the film, we wrapped the film not long after that, uh, mainly because I couldn't continue, and and they decided to just sort of edit the ending just based on the footage we had so it does end quite abruptly and in quite a strange way which all of the critics commented on and to be honest I, I don't blame them but you know there was nothing they could do I was inconsolable you know I spent about six weeks on a lilo in Sardinia after that so I think it kind of did it justice in a way it, it did kind of show just how futile a lot of the things we do are including making the film well well indeed and you know as David Lynch said life is very very confusing and so to our films. And so the confusion experienced by Nemo, haven't we all been there? Haven't we all been halfway through our own story thinking everything's just tickety-boo and then thought, what the fuck am I doing? Where am I going? What is life? What is my purpose? For what will I be remembered when I depart this plane? We've all been there, Damon. We all have. And actually, there's a scene where Nemo does some slam poetry to an assembled crowd of sea urchins and he expresses exactly that. And I listen to it in the shower every morning. Helps me get to the joie de vivre that I need to just get through the day. Here's Nemo with his What is Life, Baby Don't Hurt Me slam poetry presentation. is life. Baby, don't hurt me. I don't know when you're not there. You give me your love. What is love? What is life? Baby, 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 don't call me baby. You've got some nerve, and baby, that will never do. I'm not your baby. What is love? Where is the love? People are being killed, and people are being dead. And where is the love? Why is love? Where is love? How is love? How do you spell love? I genuinely don't know. I'm a clownfish. Where the love lives, the love lives. Do you live love or do you die love? Do you die loved? I love to live. Do I love to live left? Hey, wait. What's that large cage scraping along the ground? Whoa! Whoa! We're all getting sucked up into it! Nemo Man! Run! Run! Oh boy. Oh. Oh. What is love? Do you live to be loved? Live, laugh, love. I feel like I want to write that on a wall in cursive as a reminder to myself. 
See, that experience you're having right now, Martina, is exactly what I'd hoped for. Now, I'd, I'm just checking my phone. I realised that I had asked if you couldn't play that scene because I am sort of suffering multiple lawsuits from Arista Records, from B&G, and from Aitken and Waterman, specifically uh, over some of the lyrics, which I believe I've just tapped into, but they have said that I've plagiarised. So I don't know. I've realised that the sort of message didn't go through to you. It's not got a blue tick at all. So sorry about that. But but yeah, the scene was... I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. Damon, I'm happy to leverage my considerable personal wealth and all 213 of my Instagram followers to protect you from any um, upcoming lawsuits because what you have portrayed is truth. And actually, Nemo finds love in the most curious of places. Uh, I didn't see it coming. It was quite a twist, Mr Ripley. Yeah, absolutely. I did think twice about whether that was appropriate for this this medium. I, I wasn't sure if audiences would be ready for it, but I think the love between a fish and their uncle is a pure love. It's one that um, is often demonised. I think uncles get demonised a lot. And actually, I think what grows between them and what happens is obviously all consensual. Um, but I, th- I think it just speaks to the deeper truth of actually we are all individual beings and family is just a concept, just like friendship is a concept and, and enemies and borders. There is, these are all just concepts which we can overcome. And so I think Nemo finding his uncle and really kind of throwing caution to the wind and letting go of all the material differences between them, all the genetic similarities between them and really just committing to that, I think was was excessive. And I don't think four hours was too long for that scene to sort of um, to continue for. Absolutely. And what was really brilliant is the way that you very clearly explain that this is within the context of the clownfish community yes. and not one to be applied to the human form. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in no way advocating that. Um, I just want to put that on a record. And just to correct on something you said earlier, you actually now have 214 followers. Oh, Damon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've been waiting. Months I've been waiting for that one. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. Uh, well, we do actually have the scene where uh, Nemo and his uncle, Mortimer, they rescue all of the other fish from the cage. They put together their combined strengths, their strategic thinking, and they save all of the other fish. And Nemo finally finds his purpose. Wonderful. Wonderful. And quite an ingenious way of rescuing the fish, I thought. Here we go. Here's Nemo and Uncle Mortimer. This is the boat, nephew. I'm pretty sure that all of your friends and all of our fishy friends will be caught in a cage just dangling off the side of it. Look, I see the cage. Look, well, why don't we Why don't we just turn our fins into keys and open the cage door? The old key fin trick, of course. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. Man, you really are smart, nephew. I love you. Oh, I care about you lots too. Okay, cool. All right, that doesn't crush me at all. Okay, let's go. Uh, I'll tell you what, why, why don't you uh, you take the front lock and I'll take the back lock? Sure, great. I'm here with the front lock. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking with my, what I call eyes, and... Animo, I did not expect to see you here. Hello, you. I'm back again, just in time. I'm gonna get you out, I'm gonna change my fin into a key. <laughs> 
Look, look, look. Oh. look at it go, look at it go. Whoa! Is that not incredibly painful? Oh no, no, if anything, it's nice. It feels like, look, I've got I've got the word Yale written on my arm. It's brilliant. Wow, uh, it makes you sound like you went to a different Ivy League school than the one you went to. I know, everyone knows I'm a Cornell fish, but don't say anything. I won't tell if you won't. Uh... Team Orange for the win. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having a deep breath before I go in for the key. Uh, sure, take your time. Uh, I think your uncle is around the back uh, with C.E. I think uh, she sounds very happy to see you both. Uh, uh, but Nemo, this looks like the happiest I've seen you in, in years. Maybe this is what you should be doing. I finally found a purpose. If I help people, then my life has meaning. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. This is more than pancakes. This is everything. <gasps> Family is... More than pancakes. Family is more than pancakes. Wow. I didn't see this crap coming. I'm gonna open the door. Be free! Go! 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 Oh, and you know, I've only just... I've only just understood the symbolism there. From what you were saying, the message delivered by C, we're all atoms. You can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a key to set your family free, you can. We're all just atoms. Absolutely. I really, really liked that metaphor there and that symbolism. It's made me really reflect on what I want to be. And um, what, what is that, might I ask, Matina? I want to be the world's best podcaster. And I will kill any bitch that stands in my way. I do not doubt that for one second. I'm glad you picked up on those metaphors as well. I think it was it was important that we um, we didn't get too too caught up in the sort of I guess the the implicit sexual ideas that were being conveyed. I think it was important that we didn't focus too much on I guess the the public liabilities that I was obviously enduring at the time. I think it was important to really focus on lots of the meanings. The unlocking of keys, of course, has a lot of symbolism going back through the ages. Um, it's about discovery. It's about opening up. It's about finding what is real to you it's about you know breaking down the universe into its constituent parts and then reconfiguring it to create your own sort of structure and foundation that you consider helps you continue to move through your life oh mr ripley you are quite the philosopher and you are helping me to move through my life in many many ways now obviously this is groundbreaking cinema and i hope you don't mind me asking but can you top it I've heard rumour of another film. Is that true? That is correct. Um, I decided to reflect on my own practice. And I've decided that actually, uh, while I'm proud of a lot of the work that I did on this and a lot of the blood, sweat and literal tears that I, I kind of put into the, the, the movie and on the cutting room floor, I decided that I needed to go in a, a less esoteric, a less covert, a less subjective i needed to kind of get out there into and, and and really put my message forward but in a a more frankly commercial way mm. so I, I have decided to do a prequel to the film not a sequel i've decided to do a prequel to the film yes oh a prequel always interesting and can you tell us what's it called yeah it's called legally blonde three legally blonde three my yeah. goodness well i hope you don't mind me saying this ripley and I know that you may have messaged me about this and not had a blue tick. But do I have your permission to play it? I would really rather like to. Yeah, um, I insist you do. In fact, if you could share it as well with sort of friends and put it on your site as well after this, that'd be fantastic. I'll put it right on my Instagram. Thank you. 
Here is Legally Blonde 3, directed by my good friend and inspirational mentor, Damon Ripley. Legally Blonde 3. When a beautiful woman who's already an established lawyer decides to become another lawyer, what crazy shenanigans happen next? Bruiser, I think it's time that I specialized in the one place that's overlooked in law, the sea. Take a look at all of those fish out there. They don't have anybody to stand up for them. Well, Bruiser, I think it's time I was that person. But can she successfully represent a clownfish without the legal system? Fucking up her trend. I think, Your Honor, that this is the most egregious defiance and perversion of justice in history. Just because he's very small and he's in a bowl doesn't mean that he can't give testimony. Money's a fish. How is a fish gonna give testimony? You better have some some roundabout shenanigan way of dealing with this, otherwise it's just gonna be a fish in a bowl. You bet I do. And she does, or does she? You better find out in Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde 3. Sorry, I'm the second announcer they said. Sorry, I didn't realize where, where your script cut off and where my... Should we just do it together? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it again. Okay. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Finding screen shit. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Take it. Take it. Okay. Yeah, no, I've you go. Got, I'll just I've be quiet. This. I'll just be quiet. Okay. Legally Blonde 3. This time, it's physical. Oh my goodness, I know it's going to be a hit. Mr Ripley, you mentioned earlier that we're all made of the same stuff that stars are made of. And I can't help thinking through your films, you make stars too. It's really kind of you, Martina. Um... And I'd like to say, I think you've made a star of me today. Oh, oh, I love it when this happens, you know. I don't have many friends, but every time a guest comes on, I, I feel that I've found a new one. Mr Ripley, I'm sad to say we've come towards the end of our interview. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, um, thank you for this space, first of all. Um, look into the mirror. Just stop what you're doing now. Put down the bowl of cereal. Don't worry about the kids. They'll still be crying in, in about 10 minutes. Go to that mirror. Look into that mirror. Okay, focus on those eyes. You are nothing. Oh, so profound. You are nothing. Well, to me, Mr. Ripley, you have been everything. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow, with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Ryan J. Murphy. With special thanks to today's guest, Adam Courting. Adam is performing with improv group Do The Right Scene on the 17th of September. Do The Right Scene will also be performing on the 23rd of September at Not The New Friday at The Miller. To find out more, you can follow Adam at Adam Courting. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. 
Additional music by Stan Babich. Episode artwork by Marty Sears. Follow us at Improv Movie Pod for updates on future episodes and live shows. Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a four foot one films production. <laughs>